Sup witches, Phil here. Well, what can I say that honestly hasn't been said before? Uh, myself, Graham and Chris, we're wishing everyone listening the best of health. We hope you're keeping safe and, you know, you and your loved ones are doing as well as can be, given the current, you know, sort of strange and scary circumstances we found ourselves in at the moment, wherever you are all over the world. Um, as, I mean, without sounding too egotistical, um, you know, as, as podcasters, we feel we have an obligation to keep our podcast rolling, um, you know, despite circumstances being a little different to what we're used to. So, you know, me, Graham and Chris, we've sort of, uh, you know, connected over the internet and, uh, you know, we've had a go at recording our episode uh, remotely. Um, we, for three people who don't even speak to each other on the phone, it's a very different podcasting without seeing each other. So, uh, you know, but we've given it a go. We've given it our all and we do hope you enjoy it. Um, um, as the uh, you know the episodes progress and you know the more we're, we're considered in, you know to be in lockdown here, um, we are going to look at just uh, making our episodes a little bit better and a little bit more I guess worthwhile. Seeing that we've uh, all three of us have suddenly found ourselves with a lot more time on our hands, so uh, I do hope you enjoy the episode. And again, you're all staying safe and um, you know keeping well and, and you're you're keeping your spirits high at the very least. So from all of us here, all the best. Lots of love, and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three quarantined quadriplegic quacks review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, at least until the world as we know it fades away and dies. Um, I am Phil Dean. I'm your host and guide through this rather strange, turbulent version of uh, the episode and definitely a sign of things to come. Uh, I am not alone. I am uh, joined over this thing called the internet by uh, my good friend, first of all, Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello. Well, as REM once said, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Do you? That's it, because, you know, we're, we're, we're quarantined, we're, we're not allowed to even be together. I mean, there were restraining orders put. Our banter is deadlier than uh, the old uh, coronavirus, so... Uh... <laughs> Excellent. Now, that's a fact. And another fact that we like is the fact that uh, we're also joined by someone else. His name is Christopher Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Hello, Graham. How are you, my friend? Same questions I asked Graham. Well, unfortunately, uh, Hume has had to self-isolate, um, so I am without my butler, and Aww. I am not happy. Get well soon, Hume. No, no, no. No, I've had to fire him because uh, he's being away for two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, okay. The government payout just wasn't enough. Oh, okay. That's it. I mean, I mean, obviously, the, the the government, you know, sort of fills in any gaps in, you know, like the regular, you know, up to eighty percent of someone's uh, salary now that they, you know, they're currently not working due to the coronavirus. How does that fit into the the manservant sort of, um, you know, sector? These are the questions that you don't get asked on uh, on, on on BBC and on Sky. You know, we're we're, we're you know hitting the real issues here. Yes, how does it affect the manservant market, Chris? <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest with you, if a manservant does does come down with an illness uh that's it you they can't be around therefore they are not doing their job therefore they're fired or, they're like sh- or shot like, like yeah i was gonna say they're shot like, like a racehorse <laughs> shoot, shoot them, turn them into glue. <laughs> yes that's exactly right uh they are exactly like racehorses i am now on uh in need and in, in search of a new man servant because as we all uh, are aware 
you can have gatherings of two or less. Therefore, me and a manservant, that's okay. That's okay, indeed. And you've got a big supply of glue to stick and sniff, whatever you like. Um, so Mainly sniff at this point, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Sniff. Um, so yeah, so we're currently recording this, um, you know, by by non-traditional means. But I guess that's kind of the way podcasts are going at the moment. You know, we're just just uh, you know can't use our our fancy kit that we we invested so much in. We're just resorted to shouting into our computer screens and hoping with everything crossed that it's recording fine. I think every podcast is suffering uh, in terms of audio quality uh, currently, other than uh, those who uh, podcasters who live together. But um... yeah. That ain't us. I mean, we, we hate each other. We don't actually spend any time together outside of podcasting, so that mm. wouldn't have made any sense. No, no. But, I mean, hopefully, and there's, even though the, 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 quali- the sound quality is a bit different, the quality of content and bants, as you've just witnessed uh, so far, uh, is, as you can see, is definitely still as average as we hope. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so boys, again, we watched this episode by untraditional means. We watched it in our separate homes. It was episode three of season four, entitled Jealousy. Uh, in this episode, um, well, Sabrina gets sort of really jealous of everyone's relationships around her, and she kind of questions, you know, what what she got in her life, and uh, yeah, she gets green eyed, and yeah, I, I would have liked as as what you suggested at the end of our last episode that she, she was actually going to be turned into a green eyed monster. I think that would have been great. Instead, she just um, you know just sort of green eyes. But uh, yeah, it, it, for 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 a character like Sabrina, who we've seen her. Uh, not really be well behaved or nice all through these four seasons so far. Her being jealous was it was just another day, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It kind of was. It's kind of good to see her. You know, it's kind of good when she is punished for her. Um, you know, less uh, admirable qualities, and they um, improve her as a person. Because I think over time, you know, she has matured, um, and it's partly because she's very often taught a lesson by magic yeah. for you know being. Um, a less than moral uh, human being. I would say that this episode proved to me that these things were f- um, aired out of sequence as to when they were filmed. Mm. Because this is all about Sabrina not having a best friend and missing Valerie, even though in the last episode, Sabrina got a best friend. <laughs> yeah. And it's now vanished. I mean, they, have, they have tried to retcon it a little bit by, by she just says one throwaway line of, um, oh, and Dreamer's not here. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's well. one throwaway line that made me think that they shot that scene, like, later. <laughs> yeah. It's but, like, so it yeah. certainly wasn't written knowing that the Dreamer character existed. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, we, we already. Yeah, well, what they did was they got, um, they got, they filmed the entire season, then realised that the episode order that they were going to release them in, they were like, oh no, we've got to put in a line about Dreamer here. Yeah. Oh, darn. And then I think that's how the meeting went, Chrissy, right? With that awkward silence and going, okay, let's wreck on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we, we definitely think that the last episode, episode two, should have been the first one. So I guess, yeah, I think I think they're all going to be out fucking sequence, to be honest. Um, but at least our we can stay in sequence. We, you know, we're not going to go to see episode seven and then episode 14. Or will we? You just have to find out next week. But as for this week... I think we should. I, th- I think we should. We sort of keep people on edge and, you know, I'm very should strange. Should episode in alphabetical order? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's jump into episode three. So the episode opens on Sabrina on the phone and Salem desperately trying to use it. But as soon as Sabs finishes speaking with Harvey, Zelda nabs it in order to order a dozen red roses for Mr. Kraft. So I guess after a little bit of silence, it's been confirmed that they are still an item. 
Yeah, not only are they still an item, but they've reversed the gender roles there, which I quite enjoyed. Very much so, yeah. Zelda's definitely one of the characters that's very, like... She's not quite, I don't need no man, because obviously, she, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, that she does. But she likes to be this independent woman who she can do her fair share of what men would stereotypically do anyway. So, so it's, it's a nice continuation of her strong character, I think. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. I quite enjoyed a lot of the, um, the spellcraft in this episode. Um, also, uh, there's a very meta bit about Sailor Monster used the phone to shout at uh, Nick Bakai. Yeah. A certain Mr. Nick Bakai in his radio show. That mm. he won't shut up about the Buffalo Bills and his voice is so annoying. <laughs> Speaking of annoying, he kicks off as he hates being the only cock amongst the chicks, so they dress him as a woman. And Q Salem's new catchphrase we found out is, Dolly? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Much prefer... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, either the... Or... No! Yeah. No! I think they were so sparing with those catchphrases that they haven't run their course. They didn't need mm. a new one. It's a, bit, it's a bit Tim Allen, isn't it? <laughs> So, boys, obviously, at this point, we uh, we used to have our beloved Amira Gags, but, uh, you know, since they bloody got rid of them at the end of the last season, uh, at the start of each episode in this season and probably going forward, um, we're going to write our own Mirror Gag, hopefully based on the events or a theme revolving around the episode that we've just watched and are about to talk about. Um, Chris, you're up, so uh, please step up to the plate and present your Mirror Gag. So... Right, okay, you're going to have to bear with me here, chaps. It's it's very interesting. So, <laughs> as, we're, as we're aware, she stands in front of the mirror, and there's multiple different outfits, and then it comes to the last outfit, Yeah. right? And it's the last outfit that we're interested in, yeah? That's exactly right. Yeah. You, you know those mirror gags. Oh, I know those mirror gags. You you, you know I know those mirror, mirror, mirror gags. <laughs> Remix! <laughs> <laughs> so, she, imagine this, all right? She stood in front of the mirror... And the last one is she does a finger and she is dressed jelly. Right. And says wibble wobble chocolate bobble jelly on a plate. Oh, because of jelly, as in she's jealous. Yeah. Yeah. She's well gel. Excellent. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, Probably on the lower end of what we have expected, but it's definitely in the right um, ballpark for um, just the mirror gags that we came to appreciate and almost love. So uh, yeah, I think I think it gets a little a little golf clap. I think Chris, well done. Just just before we move on from this, and uh, just so that you are aware, I I, I wrote that in thirty seconds. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> We're still at home and Hilda is whining about the state of their basement. It's probably all that shit those pirates left behind, remember from that episode. Uh, But enough about that, as there is an unusual heat wave on its way, which will apparently heighten Brad's witch-hunting senses. It's a darn shame he didn't actually do anything witch-hunter related in this episode, eh? Oh yeah, that as well. My god. Did they originally put this episode together with... No, yeah, like, no concept of dreamer, no concept of Brad being a witch hunter, and were they just going to keep things a lot more kind of earthy, a lot more mortal, maybe? And they weren't going to have a, a witch, you know, come to school that Sabrina has to look after. They weren't going to have Brad be a witch hunter. It was literally just going to be Sabrina's school life is her mortal life, and 
it's only when she's at home with Hilda and Zelda that she can discuss her witching stuff. I think they possibly had a last-minute change of heart after the bulk of this episode was written. Yeah, it's just very peculiar because I've actually only just remembered about um, about that thing because obviously I wrote it down. And it, but otherwise, that would have just been a oh, you just forget it, whatever. But that would have made a great episode. Why make a deliberate point to go? Oh, it's so unusual this weather. Brad's going to be on it, and you have to be careful. And then she's really not careful, and he really doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a last-minute rewrite situation, just yeah. like the. Dream is not around with no explanation to keep me company. That same thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's going to pay off in the long run. Maybe in a later episode, there's another weird weather thing that truly heightens his uh, witchy, witch hunter abilities. Like there's a sudden cold snap. Electrical storm or something. Solar flares. Yeah. I, I mean, my guess what will happen actually is they'll just write the exact same line and put it in another episode about five, you know, five weeks down the line yeah. they'll just go oh there's a heat wave oh, brad's gonna be on the prowl um you know so it's yeah and then nothing happens again <laughs> yeah so maybe this is maybe this is a, a recurrent joke it's just he's always heightened and always never cares so yeah, maybe, maybe they're not as much as a threat as we thought zelda unleashes tagline of the 90s by telling sabrina She's got mail. Mail itself is from Mr. Craft. He's being mean per usual, but Zelda thinks that something is on his mind, so she invites him round for lunch. Um, we're in school, and Sabrina is miffed that Valerie is having such a wonderful life in Anchorage, and Harvey isn't making things any better with his close friendship with Brad. Uh, but he did promise to write an article for Sabrina. Brad's making him a little bit more hungry for doing well in school so uh, yeah I don't know why she's got such a big problem with it um, but after more moping around about Valerie we head back home during Zelda and Mr Craft's lunch the food is tasty but the conversation isn't filling as he refuses to spill the beans about what's bothering him so yeah so naturally Zelda casts a sp- an honest and vulnerable spell onto him to get the goss um, now I know this is a topic we brought up a couple of times in the past but casting an honest and vulnerable spell is it really a morally just spell? Because it's it's a little um, it can be a very dangerous, and, and I'm quite surprised that it's Zelda that's resorted to using it. And the it's, bottom line it, is this: uh, morally, no, it shouldn't have been used. Yeah, it's not a very moral thing to do, and it also made me think that like being in the witch police. I mean, fuck them for a start. Fuck, fuck oh yeah, them. it must be even easier than being in the actual police. Just cast that spell, and then people are going to confess to everything. Yeah, I mean, they, they were I mean, what an old episode in in about the witch police again. Fuck them, um, but they were using, uh, they were tickling them, weren't they? They're trying to get them to spill the beans through tickling, if you remember. So uh, yeah. yeah, why they just crack out this honest and vulnerable spell? Because it uh, it worked wonders. One of my favourite crafts is um, honest and vulnerable craft. I was yeah. like seeing sort of his his inner. Um, insecurities and things that inform the way he is so yeah. i did like the fact he was in that uh, frame of mind through most of this episode even though what was him there was very uh, dishonest and yeah. very um, you know immoral on zelda's part yeah so a bit, a bit of a frown we're going to frown town with uh, with zelda at the moment but it turns out that after using the honest and vulnerable spell um mr craft is down because his brother wally is coming to visit and with his violently good looks charm and personality he's bound to steal zelda away from him just like he has with every other girlfriend so um so when yeah when we heard mr craft um had a brother i really hoped it was just going to be another Martin Mull in a different outfit, just like when Hilda had a date with um, 
Oh, I can't remember his name, but yeah, it was just a Mr. Craft doppelganger. I mean, it should have been Martin Mull in a different outfit, considering how he was saying that he got the looks and the hair and, you know, everything. That way it would have been like, well, really? Yeah, I think it would have been fun if he did say he got all the looks and it it was just someone who looked exactly the same as him, but apparently Mr. Craft sees him as more handsome than he. I think that would have been a nice little uh, nice little gag. But I mean, at least at least we get another actor joining the fray for a uh, for a little bit to play is his, his dashing good brother Wally anyway. And it's very often the case with um, you know people who are extremely insecure and vindictive as a result of their insecurity that it comes from home. Like mm. it comes from something about their upbringing, be it um, you know a, a parental thing, or yeah, or having a, a a sibling which you know tormented them, even if they took didn't torment them on purpose and just did it just by being you know better at everything and possibly being held in higher regard by the parents than them. I mean, we don't hear anything about Wally, but Mister Kraft is seemingly a uh, an academic person, but never striving for for, for the top of his game. Whereas uh, Wally seems quite dashing and uh, successful, obviously without knowing too much about him anyway. Speaking of being an academic person, I think what we know about Mr. Kraft is kind of mischaracterised in this episode. Hmm. Because, yeah, he's see, he's kind of, um, you know, he's depicted as being, you know, kind of someone who fancies himself as an intellectual, even if he isn't really. Hmm. So, yeah, the fact that he's the guy who, like, falls asleep at the ballet and, um, you know, goes to monster truck rallies and things in this doesn't really ring true. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been consistent that, that we know for, for a lot he's kind of into really sort of bizarre, stereotypically sort of just like unintelligent activities. Like he always goes to the same sort of yeehaw American diner and and, and, it, and his, his monster truck enthusiasm and everything. But, um, you know, yeah, I guess it... It's um, it's a strange combination with his otherwise academic, very strict, uh, very straight um, um, sort of lifestyle, really. But then his favourite film is Billy Jack and things like that. Yeah. You know, so perhaps it's not that consistent. I don't no, know. no, that's true. Uh, back in school, and Mr. Kraft is telling Sabrina how he sucks his thumb at night to help reduce his stress and anxiety. Um, speaking of which, Sabrina is suffering the same because this sports article is bringing Harvey and Brad closer together. Not really in the way that we suspect Brad wants, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where the season takes us. Um, and to make matters worse, the article is an incredible read. So, again, his relationship with Brad, I guess, was the missing piece of of making um, Brad, uh, making Harvey excel in school. He just he had no one to help him study. Yeah, and, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if Sabrina at all cared about the journalistic quality of the school newspaper... She should be glad that Harvey's got somebody to help him write because if we don't think about Harvey, it's that he's Shit. not all that bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he's a he's a jock with a heart of gold. You know, he's young, dumb, and full of compassion. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Graham! Graham, you didn't need to bring up your tattoo every episode. Um, <laughs> it's probably a, a good thing that. Um, that Harvey does have somebody helping him. I mean, you know, Sabrina's... I suppose, so. obviously, Sabrina's jealousy is completely unfounded and everything. Mm. But, yeah, like, what was she thinking giving Harvey an article to write? That's it. I think I think it's a case of she thought maybe he would write the article with her, not his, not his, his best friend now. I guess, I guess that yeah. was the intention. But, um, yeah, so it's an incredible read. And, um, yeah, this only adds to, um, you know, Sabrina's sort of uncomfortableness and, and, uh, and her jealousy. Um, she admits she should be supportive, but she just misses her Valerie too much. 
And I think that's when she then says that, uh, oh, Dreamer's not around anymore. So we get that little uh, reshot wreck on there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in the kitchen, Zelda has invited Willard and Wally over for dinner. And Hilda has rescued cases of empty potion bottles that she, I think quite I get this, she plans to reuse them to make money for a trip to Aruba. But the, the Witch's Council tell her that it'll be um, or bad news if she tries that. So, I... I I mean, this and this doesn't really go anywhere. It's not really a, 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 a supply or anything, but something to do with yeah, she's just reselling potions, and it's basically you can't recycle. You you've just got to bin everything. I guess is what no, I'm no, trying no. to say. She magicked the bottles in, mate. She couldn't be bothered finding them, so she magicked them in. Right. And then they said you couldn't do that. Okay, yeah. so you, you can recycle, but you have to buy things back. You can't just you can't steal things. Essentially, is, is what. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, what it is, because is it some sort of like recycling scheme? Because that's, you know, that's something that governments have tried over the years to get people to recycle is, you know, we'll pay you each, you know, bottle you return and things like that. Yeah, yeah. A, a riff on that sort of thing. Yeah. So she wants to go to Aruba, but uh, the the, uh, the Witches' Council tell her that, uh, yeah, no, they'll everyone will get itchy, I think, if anyone uses those as potions. But Sabs enlists the help of Mark Twain, even though I, I didn't realise it was Mark Twain, I thought it was like, Colonel Sanders, but Mark Twain, uh, William Shakespeare, and I didn't write down the third person. I forgot. Uh, it's Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson, that's it. Um, so she lists Mark Twain, Phil, William Shakespeare. Sexist, sexist man. <laughs> no, it's just Phil, you tired, a, tired man for not writing. He <laughs> said sexist. Oh, right. Don't call Mark Twain sexy. Oh. Mark Twain is sexy. Younger, younger days, sexy. Mark yeah. Twain dressed as. Uh, the Colonel, not so much. Mark Twain now, definitely not sexy. But yeah, he uh, Sabs enlists the help of Mark Twain, uh, William Shakespeare and Emily Dickinson to determine the quality of Harvey's article. And all of them just absolutely love it. They're, they're, you know, they're, they've got no bad words to say about it. But of course, that only fuels Sabrina's jealousy and the bubbling stomach acids that are, are the warning signs of gelatosis, an illness that can only be cured by being happy for the person you're jealous of. So no doubt that's exactly what Sabrina will do. Sabrina perpetuates the classist myth that Shakespeare did not write his own plays. Oh, Yes which entirely comes from the fact that he came from a poor background and they thought, oh, you know, a working-class guy from the Midlands couldn't possibly write that well. So uh, Sabrina is a, is a snob. That's very snobby indeed. Poor you. Poor, poor form, as, as Chris would say. What do you mean, would say? I'm sat right here. I was waiting for you to shut up. Poor oh, form. If you just waited for you to stop talking, then he would have said poor form. <laughs> Is this because you can't see what I'm doing? That's it. I can't see you waiting to uh, stab me with that sharp wit of yours. I can't see him starting to make a pee sound with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and, and, that, and as you know, boys. I mean, a little bit, bit of behind the scenes goss. That's that's how we we work. We we stare at each other, forming the words in our mouths, waiting for each yeah. other just to to allow each other to to say something. And uh, Chris, I was waiting for that pulsating p vibrating from your lips. You know what? You can always have a p vibrating from my lips, Phil. <laughs> Thank you, mate. I'll keep that in mind in these cold, isolated days. In school, and not only does it come to light that Sabrina is struggling to be happy for Harvey and Brad, but it appears that Mr. Kraft has a violent, inoperable case of hemorrhoids. So that's a nice little uh, bit of storytelling from uh, from Mr. Kraft there. So, yeah, it, it's still obviously still got that case of, um, you know, the, the honest and vulnerable spell. And yeah, he's just spilled the beans that he's got beans spilling out somewhere else. 
Poor, poor Mr. Right. Croft. So I guess that that could be why he's angry. Maybe if he got rid of that, then he'd be a, a, a different man, maybe. Maybe that's the maybe, difference yeah. between him and Wally. Wally had an, had an actual operable case of... Uh, of hemorrhoids, and um, that's why he's living a more successful, happy life. So uh, despite trying to convince herself that she's happy for everyone, Sabrina really isn't. Uh, back home, and Willard and Wally have arrived, and sadly it isn't to Mr. Crafts, but instead it's a wonderfully handsome and wickedly charming bloke who in two sentences manages to woo Zelda. But as he seems to take a shine, Hilda, the bubbling sounds of gelatosis seem not far away from Zelda. So, uh, but uh, yeah, he seems to be into Hilda. He's the absolute opposite of everything that um, that she's into. So, uh, yeah, opposite opposites attract then, I guess. So Sabrina, meanwhile, slips into wearing a pair of sunglasses and reluctantly takes them off to read her magic book. And wouldn't you know it, nuclear pulsating green eyes. Salem suggests that Sabs get some sleep and try to accept the current circumstances tomorrow when she's a bit more well-rested. But instead, she just wakes up enraged with jealousy and a bad attitude. So as a witch, she decides that she don't need no boring friends. A magic's in uh, Tara Lipinski to be her new bestie. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a figure skater? Uh, yeah. Yes. She uh, had won the gold medal. Um, at the Nagano uh, Olympics mm-hmm. the uh, year before. Um, so yeah, so, so Tara Lipinski is is the second figure skater that they've had as a strange guest star in, in episodes through this show's run. So yeah, and, and, and again, they seem to be incredibly popular amongst the kids, I guess, as an aspiring sports hero. But I, it's just a little strange how it's, someone just got some connections with some young athletes. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think... I think the thing is that um, if you're looking for sports where like the star athletes are like the same age as uh, the kids in Sabrina are supposed to be, you pretty much are looking at gymnastics and figure skating, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. So yeah, you know, if you, if you're a professional basketball or uh, football, baseball player, you know, you'll have gone through college. Yeah, true. Yeah. Whereas like once you're like 21 in like gymnastics and skating and things you're like over the hill aren't you so uh... yeah that's true yeah and back home and hilda keeps rubbing it in about how amazing wally is and how shite willard is and although sabrina's glowing green eyes pause their argument for a bit it just continues shortly afterwards and it escalates her jealousy even more that's as in zelda's um jealousy a little bit more um it turns out that gelatosis must run its cause and to do that sabrina needs to be out in the open so she returns to school and goes on a massive tyrannical tirade about everything to absolutely everyone and then i guess she reaches peak jealousy by being envious of mr craft um, which is, I guess, at the lowest point in any teenager's life. Um, she just says, if, why can Mr. Craft have friends and I can't? And to be honest, if there's anyone in the world that needs more friends than Sabrina, I guess it is Mr. Craft. Poor dude. Um, but yeah, that kind of sends her over the edge and she then is transported to the Jealous Sea. See what yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, but it's more, hey. it's more like a jealous public pool, I guess, rather than a jealous sea. Um, but yeah, she gets yeah. transported to the Jealous Sea, run by lifeguard Salem, because obviously. So, um, yeah, this is kind of a strange... Well, it's a bit of a strange place. It, it's made clear that it's like a subconscious dream, but it's also a real place where she has to learn a lesson. Is that right? Yeah. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. What I want to know is when Sabrina is in the jealous sea because she just finds herself transported there while standing in the corridor in school. Yeah. Um, what happens to her body? Does she vanish? Time stop. Bernard's watch style. Like what? How does the mortal world continue while she's having this uh, this vision? Well, I think well, she well, she she, she passes out, doesn't she? Yeah, she's just passed out. She's passed out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because she goes, she so goes she, to everyone. She, she just inst- she just instantly boom, on the floor. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Yeah, because okay. yeah, everyone around is all sort of worried because she's just gone around saying, telling to people, I don't need to know your secrets. And then she grabs a young lad going, tell me your secrets. And then she starts just going mad. And then, yeah, because she just passes out. Almost everyone's worried about her unconscious body. Um, she's just, um, you know, talking back to Salem about a... Uh, but a life lesson she's got to learn. Um, because the Jealous Sea is a subconscious realm where that shows Sabrina's true envious demands, which is to have everything and for everyone else to have nothing. And then she gets kind of like a um, a vision of just a friend, a friends and a loved ones just having an absolutely terrible time. Because um, her classmates get worse grades because they've all dropped out because obviously they're all getting better scores than Sabrina. Um, and they've become janitors, which is very harsh for a uh, commentary about janitors not having any IQ. There was that film where that janitor had lots of IQ. What, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. But it's not necessarily saying that janitors aren't smart. It's saying that they're poorly paid, which is a fact. And it's a miserable yeah. existence because you get so little money for it, even though it's a vital service, hmm. which is a fact. I, I, and we've recently found out that janitors are key workers. Exactly. They you are, know, like, yeah. So, yeah, they're basically, it's that they're going to be exploited now hmm. by a cruel a cruel society. It's not necessarily uh, crapping on janitors here, I don't think. Not like the, not like the homeless guys um, that we, uh, we saw uh, in a previous episode. Oh, my God, bit, bit, yeah. A bit less Tory this time around. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so everyone has sort of uh, got poor grades and they've dropped out and they've become janitors. Um, and Harvey is upset because he doesn't have a best friend anymore. And that's so, so heartbreaking. He's just he's just lost without this dude who was lost to him for several years. But, you know, these sort of past few episodes have uh, done all right for him. Um, but because of that, Sabrina realises that people having nice things doesn't take anything away from the nice things that she also has. So she wakes up from her traumatic dream and apologises to everyone. Um, Harvey in particular is very concerned that she's concussed. Everything's back to normal. She learns a lesson as she always does. And uh, yeah, this is just yet another, this can be placed anywhere relevant to regardless of, of what to what's come before or after. Harvey is uh, convinced that she must have a concussion because she her first thought is to apologise to Mr. Kraft. That's it, yeah. yeah. She apologised to everyone. That's great. Her gelatosis has gone because it's run a course and she has accepted the circumstances of everything. Um, this good news also resonates with Zelda, who apologised to Hilda for being jealous. Uh, not for Wally, but because Willa doesn't take her to nice places that she wants. Um, she then blows her top and literally explodes green like sand all over the room when she hears that, hears that Hilda is going to the ballet when, you know, it's a place that she wants to. So, yeah, it's a good job Sabrina's jealousy didn't blow up so much that she exploded green sand all over her classmates. I mean, how do you explain that? I love the lame uh, effect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, does it blow a hole in a skull? Well, that's what it did with Zelda. Well, that's what, I was, that's what I mean with Zelda. Like, so, so does she, it's like a hole blown in a skull. Like, what? How? How is that? Is there a skull re- fracture repair spell? Like, what's? 
Yeah, is she is she just got like yeah, just the back of her head is just sort of completely blown apart, and we're just going oh wow wow wow. So yeah, she explodes green sand all over the place, and you know I guess she has to mop up and apologise to uh, to Hilda. Uh, Harvey pops over and asks Sabrina to help him write a new article for the newspaper, and when he suggests getting Brad, he declines because he's realised that they spend a lot of time together. But as we know, boys, that's exactly what Brad wants. I mean, actually, one thing we didn't go on, their original article was, were they interviewing towel boys and giving them, um, I can't, I'm not even going to say... An, an, anonymity. Anonymity, yeah, that word. It does. It also sounds like telling the story of the little guy, telling the story of the uh, the, the underclass of um, high school sports, the, the, the noble, um, downtrodden towel boy. Uh, the, uh, the credits roll and Sabrina name drops the slicery. What a name job. I mean, that's a blast from the past. That's, it's long gone. And then quizzes Hilda on her dates with Wally. Um, she then magics herself to Aruba because she can. <laughs> it begs the question, why don't witches go on holiday? <laughs> yeah. Always. Constantly. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, they've got this honest and vulnerable spell that they can just magic on opposed to hound people into spilling the beans. And rather than selling loads of things to get money to go on holiday, why don't you just magic yourself? Because she clearly can. Presumably it has to be a day trip, because obviously she would she would not be able to afford accommodation there. Yeah, or, I mean, I mean, guess do they have, like, um, like visas in place when, when witches, you know, like a witch can't spend more than 24 hours for free somewhere? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Like so much more realm to build. Yeah. We, we stop, you know, we only ask these questions, uh, guys, because... It hasn't been clarified. Yeah, exactly. We we, we, we don't want 70% world building. We want everything. We want to know exactly the ins and outs of this work, uh, how this realm works. I mean, we already know about the witch police because, you know, we've already decided many a times that, that fuck them. But what about the witch government? What about the witch um, health service? That's what we. That's what I want to know about. Well, well, we've seen parts of all of those um, institutions in the witching realm, but yeah. it's never been fleshed out enough. We've only ever seen a snippet. It's like the witching realm is... It's like North Korea. <laughs> it's like North Korea. Okay. It only ever gives us a little bit of what it wants. Okay, so 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 the witching the witching realm, the other, the other realm, as, as you might say, is, is North Korea. Yes. And also, it seems to be quite repressive. And also, um, the uh, there's also uh, which Saudi Arabia, of course, um, the band of male superior who offer its cup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about the um, the poo realm? Uh, that's that garbage island, isn't it? Um, off New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, well, there we go, guys. That's the end of episode three, entitled Jealousy. Um, boys, what did we uh, what did we make of this episode? I've been a bit up and down. I think more down towards the end. I think this was just. It sounds a lot harsh than it was because, you know, there was some decent bits in it. But I think for the most part, it was just a bit of waste of time, in a sense. We didn't really get anything out of it. You, Phil, I can summarise it like this. It was all filler and no killer. Nice. Just like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that iTunes review really stuck. <laughs> really did. But now we know Christmas when we posted it. So. Yeah. Now you know. That's it. This this entire podcast it was just an elaborate plan to make you confess that it was you that wrote that review. Um, <laughs> but uh, does it sound a bit harsh to say it was a bit of a waste of time? Because we didn't really. I mean, we'll we'll find more in the scores, but yeah, we nothing really 
happened? I think a waste of time is a bit harsh because it wasn't a bad episode. No, you know there was plenty of enjoyable things about it. Um, it it's just yeah, I think just how as we've discussed already, like how painfully clear it was that this was almost a spare script, possibly from season three or something. Yeah, yeah, like loosely sort of crowbarred into what we've already learned in season four, and just yeah, just sort of didn't didn't work as any kind of. I mean, you can take no progression, because as we've said about before, it's a sitcom, it doesn't need to be this constantly, you know, like, evolving narrative or anything, but mm. it was, yeah, it was it was regression. Yeah, it, it was, it exactly was, because, I mean, our last episode had a great amount of progression, you know, we learned so much about, you know, we got excited more, more importantly mm. about all the different aspects and characters and plot lines going in, but, yeah, this, this was definitely regression. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we might as well put our points where our mouth is because uh, at the end of every episode, we like to score the episode we've just watched um, on a certain amount of criteria. They are magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys, progression. Oh, we're all slightly out of sync. Should we try that again? <laughs> we can't, can't switch as a make of the knee sound. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so... Progression. No, on three. Okay. Right. One, two, three. Progression. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds magical. Um, so, so uh, first of all, boys, uh, magic. Uh, how magical was this episode? Obviously, there were, there were uh, multiple uh, spells. You know, there was obviously the honest and vulnerable spell. Um, there was a, a magic curse of sorts, um, afflicting two major characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say it was fairly magic. I think it could be well within the realm of a a three. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm happy with a three. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was there was uses of magic far more than some episodes have had. So yeah, I'd say sort of down the line, yeah, three as well for for magic. Um, what about wit? Other than jealousy and then being in what can only be described as a pool, not entirely that witty. No, I didn't think there was much, much sort of comedy within it, I must say. No, I, I think you can really summarise it with the with the opening joke and turning Salem into uh, a woman. Mm. It, 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 that's not that witty. Yeah. That's just a thing that happened. Yeah. I thought Melissa Joan Hart was very funny, you know, when she became fully manic with jealousy near the end. I thought yeah. you know, that was a, a very, very very good comic performance, so that's not necessarily the material. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say a two. Uh, so, yeah, so two then for wit. Uh, what about creativity? Um, I think you kind of touched on it just before, Chris, about like, there was the, the jealousy, at least it was a place we went to. Um, yeah. And but I, I think our idea for it again because we're watching a twenty-year-old show and thinking about how we could have made it better. Obviously, um, I think I, I think having playing on more of the green-eyed aspects, I think turning her into a green-eyed monster, I think would have been a far more creative way rather than her just being angry, agitated with green or eyes, even, or even just having a green-eyed monster follow her around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that would have like, been that would have been what? nice. Could have brought Roland back. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have it could have looked like absolute shit. It wouldn't have mattered. It could have just been somebody in a really cheap suit, like from like a sixties Doctor Who or something. Mm. You know, it would have been fine. Just another puppet, something. You know, just following you around. Oh, you can never have too many puppets. No, no. So yeah, we could say one. I guess yeah. I think one. one I think, it, it, it might might be a little mean, but I think it's just because they could have been far more creative with it. And uh, yeah, kind of 
I'd say one. I mean, it might be a little harsh, but I'll, I'll stand by it. And finally, progression. Mr. Craft has a brother. Yes. And that's what? the source of his insecurity. So I think that gives us one. Yeah. But in terms of everything else, as as we said earlier, it's regressive. As much well, as well the, 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 there's, there's the hemorrhoids as well. They they could be causing his uh, his um, his, not, his crankiness. We are not passing the hemorrhoids as progressive. <laughs> I, I think so. No, I think so. I think one point per hemorrhoid. So. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That means we'd be on like 100. That doesn't work. Even though I doubt his brother will make an appearance again, I do hope now we've established... Because that was kind of a member of the family we've never heard before. We knew he had a sister and his... Yeah. and his Is it his gran or his mother? And his grandmother he lives with. Yeah. That's a season two he lived with, definitely. Yeah. And he used to, yeah he used to live with his with his sister's spare room or something like that Some, something yeah. like that uh, but yeah this is the first time we've heard about his brother so I do hope his brother is at least referenced going forward because yeah like I said it did give us a nice glimpse into what may be causing his um, his insecurities that and the hemorrhoids so I think um, no one one for the brother one for the brother one for the brother and if we try and bear through the pain and ignore the hemorrhoids, then, yeah, I think it's sort of uh, one for progression. Um, so, Christopher, as the uh, the man who takes charge of uh, of, the, of counting the, all those high numbers, um, what does that give us for uh, our magic, wit, creativity and progression? I think it was seven. Seven. Wow. Seven. That's the worst. So far, we've had a nine, I know. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to go back, because obviously, up until now, we've said categorically the worst episode is the... Um, is is the one with uh, Ted Spellman um, and the opening up the jam jars and the Chinese accents and things. So yeah, I reckon probably higher because I don't know, like the show was firing on all cylinders then. Like even when it did like terrible things in an episode, it would yeah. probably do numerous good things to kind of even it out. I feel like single figure, um, you know, marks are something that's only come into being in like latter season three yeah. and um, and early season four. Um, which is in keeping with uh, the general opinion on the show and how it uh, deteriorated over time. Make no mistake, this is a perfectly acceptable, enjoyable episode. Yeah, it's it, it by no means like a, just an awful, abhorrent piece of TV. It's just, I think, on on, on the on the fronts that we feel is required or, or, or viable for, for critique in a TV show is, yeah, it's just not done as... Any well, so yeah, this could very well be the worst episode we've scored. Well, uh, would you like to know what episode four's about? And hopefully, it'll be a lot better. Right. Well, 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 it's called Little Orphan Hilda. Well, obviously, it comes from Little Orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Hilda is a grown-ass woman. Her and Zelda assumedly have the same parents, so I don't know why she alone could be an orphan. Unless she discovers that she was adopted and her actual parents were killed and she needs to seek revenge on their killers. And we're finally going to get to see Hilda murder righteously in an act of genuine vengeance. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Chris, you share the same thoughts? Uh, I, my, my thoughts went somewhere else. I went for um, Hilda accidentally adopts a, uh, a witch. Maybe yeah. Instead of her being the orphan, she yeah. So so little, would, would... orphan comma Hilda. Oh okay. So you're thinking there's some punctuation that I didn't uh, demonstrate. Yeah. 
Um, that's a good idea, but actually, no, I, I, I said it um, uh, correctly. Uh, Little Orphan Hilda is about Hilda and Zelda's mother pays a visit, which uh, the ladies are anxious about as usual. And Sabrina finds some papers that reveal a surprising family secret. Back yeah. to family secret, eh? Yeah, well, well, I think that there is a joke in that episode where she says, why wasn't this in the family secret? So I think that's a nice little callback there. But um, yeah, so... Yes, there's some a surprising sort of yeah dirty family secret there that uh, they're, they're only just discovering. And is it uh, what Graham says? By the title, it is probably correct. Uh, but that's just, uh, you'll have to wait till episode four of season four for that one. As for this episode, thank you very much for joining us, even though it's... Uh, you know, it's not been as, as well, it's, I think it's still been as slick and as as, uh, as silly as it normally is. But in terms of, uh, I kind of missed you staring at you guys from across the room. I must say, it's very weird just shouting into my computer. I I, I, uh, I hope this this uh, coronavirus sort of goes away a, a, asap. Well, in the um, spirit of today's episode, you know who I'm jealous of? Who? Me from three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Could go out to the pub. Could podcast. Could go. Going to do all the all the other blokey bloke things I do, like uh, like go to football matches, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. Um, well, that's it. Well, well, this time three weeks ago, we were in Switzerland, weren't we? A crazy situation, but you know, I, I'm glad that um, of the magic of the internet. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have a podcast, obviously, without it. But the fact it also allows us to continue in these dark times. I hope. That we have brought some levity to you by reminding you of the simpler days of 1999. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a been a welcome distraction. Yeah. So, but yeah. So it's been nice that we can still continue what we're doing, and I think we're uh, given the current circumstances where we're not really going anywhere. I think we'll be uh, doing doing more frequent episodes to uh, you know to not only entertain us and keep us busy, but you know to entertain you that enjoy listening to them. So we're going to try and make our episodes get guess, a bit more. Um, a bit more available than we're going to sort of get them out a lot quicker during this time where time, well time is of the essence really isn't it there's, there's a lot of time to be to be used up um, so thank you very much from me Phil Dean I do hope you have enjoyed this episode and I'd like to uh, thank and congratulate my gentlemen friends for um, a successful uh, podcast over the internet thank you very much Graham uh, you're welcome and thank you very much Christopher Evans no uh, you're welcome and thank you Phil I uh I miss your face too. And oh. Too, oh, yeah. I mean, we, we we could see each other's faces, but only my camera was working. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I still can't get my camera working. Yeah, yeah. So. Mine, mine bailed on me again. So, oh, sorry, chaps. But what uh, do you do? but I mean, if, if, if given the current circumstances, if you would still like to, uh, you know, get in touch, you know, tell us what you think. I'm still not really on social media, and even being on lockdown still doesn't really make me go on it. But if you do want to follow us and get in touch and find out what uh, what we are doing on the rare occasions, then uh, you can on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. Uh, also, Facebook find us for Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Uh, we've had, despite not posting anything, which I really should, uh, we've had a lot of followers added to our Facebook page. Uh, over the past sort of month or so so uh, thank you very much I'm going to reward you hopefully with some uh, some more posts from the three of us um, so you can also leave us a, a wonderful review as well uh, just go to uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a nice review there and uh, yeah just get in touch let us know what you're doing Keep. Well, I hope you're all keeping well and, and staying safe and staying at home anyway and then hopefully this will all blow away uh, as soon as possible so despite the lockdown from all three of us, 
May every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. That was I kind that of. I heard a breath, so I, so I kind of went with it. So I think two of us were together. So let's try it one more time. May every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. Not yet. That'll do. Nailed it. Beautiful.